but we usually do three, but uh, sometimes uh, I'm, I'm good at going too long and then Tony cuts his short. So, <laughs> But he's a blessing. And Tony said at the end there, I just, I love working with, with Tony and Pam and, and I, I agree, there's a flow two ways, so it's an amazing blessing. All right, let's, uh, let's get back to um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon. Now, we, in the, at the end of the last session that I was doing, uh, we, we talk, saw how Jesus, first of all, he talked about the Spirit dwelling in. And then there's other places, and specific, specifically in Luke, he talks about being clothed, or the Spirit of the Lord is upon. Um, and it is so important that we understand both of these truths in Scripture, because there's been so much confusion uh, over them. Uh, and uh, again, there's a lot we could talk about. I'm not going to be able to get it all done in, in one session, but there's some things I want to focus on right now. But the, the primary thing you need to really get a hold of is, is, is the best way to generalize it is the spirit of spirit within is for your own personal benefit. It's things he does within you. When you receive Jesus, the sanctification of the spirit, the cleansing of the spirit on the inside, what he does in your own life, being led by the Holy Spirit, uh, the, you receive the seal uh, of the Holy Spirit that, uh, that we know we, are, we, are, we belong to the Lord. Amen? But that, that's, that's the work He does in you. But you know, that's not all the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. He's not just wants to do things in you. There's things He wants to do through you. Um, and when you receive Jesus into your life, you're receiving Him into your life. But you see, choosing to allow God to use you is exactly that. It's a choice. So he does the work in you. This is why people say, why are they two separate works? Why doesn't he just do it all in, in your life in one thing? I'll just tell you why. Because you receive Jesus, he does the work in you. But whether you're going to be a vessel that he can use is a choice now you've got to make. Am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to flow through me? And am I going to be a vessel he can use? And it's not just all about the Spirit of the Lord in my life and what he's done for me and what I, what I can enjoy. God's looking for vessels. God's looking for vessels to flow through. And I personally believe that it, as we see in the Bible, the way he used people, incredible manifestations of the Spirit of God through people. Moses, Elijah. Like I said, we've been teaching on the miraculous down in Warrington for a couple of months now. And, um, you know, I'm stirred up when I look at that in the scriptures and I realize we ain't walking anywhere near. Even the book of Acts, Peter walks down the streets and people are healed in a shadow. But that's not because of the Spirit of the Lord in him. That's because of the Spirit of the Lord upon him. He was clothed in power. Clothed in power. Which is what the, the, the book of Acts is about, the Holy Spirit moving through them, which is why it starts on the concept of the Spirit of the Lord. The, the, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah. Amen. And we need to understand this and walk in this and, and, and step into that greater flow of the Holy Spirit through our lives. But again, there's a lot i got to cover. My plan is, is, is to, to cover this more. And with this, what hoping we want to, we want to keep these going. Like we do in Warrington, one a month, something like that. So, but, but, but we'll probably stay on a similar theme, usually for a couple of goes. But um, you need to understand, when Jesus spoke to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, now I was I was I heard a preacher say this again. He's a, pre, a good word preacher, quite a good teacher. I listened to his stuff, but he said this, and I thought, oh, you really haven't studied that one out, have you? And um, 
he said this. He said, when, when, when Jesus in John 14 to disciples and said, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in you. He said, the disciples thought to himself, Holy Spirit, who's that? Never heard of the Holy Spirit before. Because it was like it was new. No, no, they knew who the Holy Spirit was. Wasn't new. They, Jesus has given them three years of object lesson, observing the Holy Spirit in him and, and observing the Spirit of the Lord upon him. And what happens when the Spirit of the Lord flows through someone's life? Jesus is the Christ. Was that me, that noise? Was that my knocker? That and then there was a noise that came through the speaker, but I think it was just random. Jesus is the Christ. Christ is not his last name. Jesus Christ, Owen Walton, hello, Nasta. When, when, when Jesus said, Who do men say I am? And, and, and Peter said, You are, sorry, who do you say I am? And Peter said, You are the Christ. Jesus didn't say, Wow, you know my last name. No. That's not his last name. Christ is a title. The Christ. Is, and it's literally in the Bible. It's, it's the Greek translation of the Hebrew word Messiah, which means anointing. Hebrew Messiah, Greek Christ, English anointed. All the same word with the same meaning, just yeah. in different languages. And... Uh, so, so uh, anointed with what? Anointed with who? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. So the Christ had the Spirit of the Lord upon them. So when, he, when, 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 he's, when, when Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's going to come and live upon you, the disciples weren't scratching their heads saying, oh, who's this Holy Spirit guy? We never heard of the Holy Spirit before. They knew. They've been watching the Holy Spirit flow through Jesus. Not only that, but they had a whole Old Testament. For them, scriptures, they didn't. Jewish scriptures, which showed what happened when the Spirit of the Lord came upon someone. We might look at some of them in a moment. We'll see. And what happened when the Spirit of the Lord came upon people like Gideon? And the Spirit of the Lord came upon the other judges, Othniel, Samson. Yeah. I'll read you. It's, the scriptures will say the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That's right. yeah. That's right. What happened? God gives all these examples in the Old Testament. Spirit of the Lord. He, he presents these examples up to us. He gives us the whole life and ministry of Jesus, the anointed one, the one that the Spirit of the Lord is upon. And then Jesus said to his disciples, now he's coming upon you in you in one prescription, then upon you. You're going to be clothed. And then somehow we think when he comes upon us, it's completely different to all the examples he gave us in the Bible. I call that false advertising. Says, this, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Moses. This happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Samson. This happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon. This happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Jesus. This happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Peter. This happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Paul. This happens. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, and you get goose pimples. That's the best you can get. No. <laughs> goose pimples can be nice. The, 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 the Spirit of the Lord coming upon us. It, we, 
I'll pour out my spirit on all He didn't mean I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh and, and nothing like will happen through you. What I've just shown you through the whole of human history happens when the spirit of the Lord comes upon people. Throughout the Old Testament, throughout the ministry of Jesus, your experience will be completely different. In fact, your experience will be this. No. This is why I, say, I said in the last session, we're not walking anywhere near in the level we're supposed to. See, the primary difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament in this sense, in terms of the Spirit of the Lord, is not that they had incredible manifestations of power of God and we've got pretty much nothing, like some people teach it. The difference is, in the Old Covenant, it was only upon one or two or three or four people. In the New Covenant, it's upon all of us. But that doesn't mean what happens through us is less. When the spirit, you see, again, I'm not talking about the spirit within, yeah? I'm talking about the spirit upon. Distinguish the, the, the two truths. When he comes upon us, we should be expecting the same thing to happen as the Bible shows happens when the spirit of the Lord comes upon people. This is why I say we're walking on a lower level. We're and, 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 and the way the spirit of God manifested through Acts, in, in the book of Acts. Again, it's not for their personal benefit, it's the Holy Spirit on the inside. Yeah. But I'm talking about the Spirit of the Lord manifesting through people. We are the body of? The body of? It doesn't say the body of Jesus. <laughs> We're called the body of? The anointed one. Okay, so, so, so I don't know about you, but my head is attached to my body. And if you pour oil on my head, it's going to drip down onto my body. So the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because I am part of the body of the anointed one. I'm part of the anointed body of the anointed one. And that same spirit of the Lord upon him is upon me because I'm part of his body, the body of Christ. We've been blinded to these truths. Jesus walked in these things. We, we, we got too many people tell us, no, you can't have it. No, it's not for us today. They try to shut. Have you ever tried to, have you ever noticed all the, the skeptics are just trying to always talk you out of what you can have and tell you what isn't for today? The moment you try and tell you something you can't have, oh, no, no, you can't have that. No, you can't. Have, no, God doesn't answer prayer anymore. No, God doesn't heal. No, God, the Spirit of the Lord doesn't do what he used to do. This is trying to talk you out of everything. Okay? We need to rise to the level. We need to begin to realize. And, and I believe that there's, there's factors that we see in the scriptures. What enabled people down the street is because of the place he walked in in his walk with God. He was that kind of vessel. Amen? But let's ask a question. Anyway, that's just a bit of intro and stirring up. And uh, it's, it's fine. We've got like five or six more hours. <laughs> Let's, let's, let's ask this. What's the point? What's the purpose? Why? Why does the Spirit of the Lord come upon? Now, again, it, it just, 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 you know, kind of questions in the break. 
don't get too caught up in trying to figure out what well, is the spirit of the Lord. Where is he? Is in upon? Okay, don't get if you, you can get into the technicalities of in your mind and get so caught up. This is where people get muddled up. Just accept that the Bible reveals two truths and understand what the, that, that one's got to do with your personal life, one's got to do with the flow of the Spirit of God through you to other people. Yes? Spirit of the Lord is upon me. It's not just this, so I can have a great time. Yeah. Spirit of the Lord upon me is so that we can... We... Yeah. Amen? And yes, enjoy the Holy Spirit in your personal life for you because He's there in you for you. But he, but he wants the body of Christ they're, they're walking in some things flowing through us. Amen? Now, why? Why? What's the purpose? What is the point of the Spirit of the Lord coming upon me? Is it so we can have a good church service? I mean, we want a good church service. I don't have a problem with a good church. Good churches. We want good church services. But what is the point? What's the purpose? The pri- and now, we can... When I look in scripture, I see one primary purpose that repeats, 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 repeats of, uh, in terms of the spirit of the Lord upon what, it, what he's there for. Why does he come upon your life? Upon, again, not within, upon, yes? Why? He therefore. Well, let's, let, let's look at a few things and let's see if we can figure it out. Let, let's see if we can follow a pattern that repeats through scripture. Do you know if God repeats a pattern through Scripture and He keeps showing you something, and especially when He shows an old and new covenant, do you, do you realize we need to prick up our ears? He's trying to show us something. He's trying to show us something. And, and it's amazing how many patterns there are in the Bible of things that God repeats over and over again. What, what, about, what about Luke chapter 4? Does anyone, this, let's start on this one, Luke chapter 4. Now remember, what, what, hap- what happens when you hear the word? Faith comes. Why has God revealed these things in there? Is it just there for a nice read? No, it's there to, to, to raise our faith level in this truth. Because when your faith level goes up, your expectancy level goes up. When you're, and God, very often, you, God moves in your life to the level of your expectancy. And what you, you begin to expect and believe God can do. Amen. Luke chapter four. This we quoted this one, but Luke chapter four. Seen. Uh, uh, well, we don't. Je- Jesus is reading part of a prophecy from where? Isaiah. Isaiah. That's interesting. I'm going to show you some things in Isaiah in a moment again. But um, he, he reads this prophecy, and what what is the prophecy about? From verse 18, the prophecy is the spirit of the Lord is upon me. So this is this is why the Jews talked about a Messiah. Because the Messiah wasn't just a savior, but actually, yes, he was a savior. Because they connected the anointing to, to, to saving them from oppression. This is a connection God made in the old covenant that the anointed one would save people from oppression. God God took all this time in the old covenant building this foundation. 
Now, God doesn't take years and years building a foundation, laying, showing you truth, showing you truth, just to throw it out the window <laughs> later on. Amen? He builds the truth for a reason. Now, so the Jews were looking for a Messiah, but they were looking for someone who would save them from the oppression of the enemy. Why did they make that connection with the Messiah? Why did the Messiah mean that to them? Because that's what God kept revealing to them. He kept revealing that to them. And because of prophecies like this. But they called him the Messiah because of prophecies like this, which said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. So let's read this. He, Jesus, Jesus uh, verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me so we can all have goose pimples. Some of you listen to me preach. Now that's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with us getting goosebumps in church and or whatever else. But 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 there's more to the anointing. Amen. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives. Now notice some of these words: liberty to the captives. We know this, but remember what I said in the last session. We need to be stirred up by reminding. Stirred up by reminding. Liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Oppressed. So, again, there's a number of things in there, but the one he repeats is liberty to the captive and to the oppressed. Does anyone know, know what Acts 10.38 says? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with so so the, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit. That's the same truth we've just read. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. This is Peter's summary of it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, who went about so that everyone could have goose pimples, <laughs> healing all who were oppressed. Out of all the things Peter could have, there's a number of things he mentions here in Luke 4. But when Peter summarizes it, which truth does he pick? What the anointing does for oppression. That's what he picks. That's the one. We, we read a number of them. The gospel to the poor, healing to the brokenhearted, liberty to the captors, and liberty to those who are oppressed. When Peter summarizes it, he picks it free for the oppressed. Why? Did you just pick that round? Or, or is that central to what the, the, the anointing is supposed to be doing? And if this is central to what the anointing is supposed to do, be doing, then it is central to what the anointing upon each one of us should be doing as it flows through us. Not just in our own lives, but in the lives of other people. We need to raise up our expectancy for this to, for, for this to happen. This should be what we're expecting to see. What happens when the Spirit of the Lord manifests? People should be getting set free from things. Freedom from oppression. This is a primary purpose of the Spirit of the Lord upon our lives. Freedom from what? Well, whatever's bound them. 
I did, I did, a, I did a teaching um, last Sunday night online because I do online Bible teaching courses as well on, 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 a, on a course website. And I was talking about that word saved, sozo. Okay. And, and I went through, you know, Jesus is my savior and, and he saved me. And James 5 talks about uh, if any of you, if any, is any among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church. They're anointing him with oil. Anointing him with oil. Anointing with oil. Why, why anoint with oil? What's the purpose of anointing with oil? Is it just a, a ceremony? What does oil represent? What does anointing represent? It's re representative of what we're talking about. Anointing him with oil and the prayer of faith. Oh, wow. We've just seen combination of anointing and faith. What I talked about in the last session. And the prayer of faith. When it comes into contact with the anointing, and then James says, shall save the sick. You get people who scratch their head and say, shouldn't it say to heal? Why does it say to save? And then you get people say, oh, you see, he doesn't get healed, but at least he gets saved and goes to heaven. <laughs> All down to our misunderstanding of the word sozo and what saved is. We have become limited in our scope of what we view saved as. We've, we've boxed it into one thing. And in fact, the same New Testament, if you do a good study of the word sozo, you'll see it as broad meaning. The word sozo is used when, when Peter was sinking. Remember, he was walking on water and he cried out, Lord, save me. Lord, sozo me. He's not saying, Lord, I'm about to die, so please, I need to repent of my sins. I need you to save me so I go to heaven when I drown. <laughs> What's he, what's he asking? Save me from? And the Savior, who's standing right in front of him, sozos him and, and, and makes sure he doesn't drown. So does that, does that include being saved? Does the Savior just save you from your sins so you go to heaven? Or save you from a sickness? Women with the issue of blood, when it says... You, when Jesus said, your faith has made you, that's sozo right there. Go look at it in the Greek. Your faith has sozoed you from what? The plague. That's attacking her body. Same thing with Jairus. It says, come to your hands on her and she will live. She, she will be sozo and she will live. It's repetitively used in the Gospels. For sickness, being saved from sickness. And it's translated by the same Bible translators who translated save in James, translated heal for Jairus. Same word. So it's not wrong for me to read James 5 as the prayer of faith, heal the sick. Changing anything will sick. But connect this with the anointing. Connect this with, with what I'm talking about. The Spirit of the Lord is upon. Because he saves from oppression. He doesn't just save you from your sins. He saves from oppression. He saves from the attack of the enemy. It's all the Savior. He sows you and he, the anointing, the Spirit of the Lord is there to do that. 
This should be our primary expectation of what the anointing does. We, we just think the anointing is to come and have a nice feeling. A primary expectation of what the anointing does is that it sets people free. Why is the Spirit of the Lord upon me? Well, so that I can hear the voice of God. No, no, that's why he's within you. Why is he upon So that that anointing can set the oppressed free through my life. And our expectation that. Amen? Okay? So, 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 so you, you're not convinced yet. <laughs> All right? Let, let, let's look at some scriptures. Should we look at some scriptures? Let's go to Isaiah 10. Now, like I said to you, if something, something's repeated, no. Will, will, does he just save you from oppression in one area? Where, where, what area will he save you from? Uh, any area you need saving. Yes. <laughs> He's the savior in every context. Yes. That's why when you look at that word sozo, it's used right across every context. And it's the same thing with the oppression that the spirit of the Lord, will, 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 the anointing will set you free and save you from. Whatever it is. Amen. Physical, emotional, yes. habits, yes. drugs, alcohol. So should the church environment be a place where people are getting free from things? Yes. If, the, if the Spirit of the Lord is present and if the anointing is present, yes. yes. What, what, what should we see more of? as we see more of the move of the Spirit of God. People being set free in one area? Physically, mentally, emotionally? God's plan and desire is for people to be so Every area. Look at Isaiah chapter 10. Verse 24. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts. Now, before we read this, I'm preaching this to raise our expectation, raise our faith level, raise our confidence in why the Spirit of the Lord is. Walk in the truths of why he's in you. Learn how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Learn how to have all those. Yes, you want all of that. He gave it to you. Enjoy it. Walk in. But. We need to begin to, to step into the Spirit of the Lord is upon me as well. Each one of us. And I keep repeating that today, but it's so vital. Okay? Isaiah chapter 10. Now, why is he upon me? Well, he is upon me to do the same thing that he always does when he comes upon people. <laughs> so let's look at some of the prophecies. Isaiah 10, 24. Therefore, thus says the Lord God of hosts, O oh, my people who dwell in Zion, do not be afraid of the Assyrian. Okay? Now, you could read earlier, and you, this, this, I think there's talk in the previous chapter or two about the Assyrian as well, but the Assyrian, well, let, let's just try to figure this out, just without 
having to read it all. Was the Assyrian a friend or a foe? <laughs> okay. All right. Now, so he's an enemy. Now notice this. He, the Assyrian, shall strike you with a rod. What, what, what's it when an enemy strikes you with a rod? <laughs> it's not a nice act, is it? Whacking you with a rock. But he's the whole nation. So this is how the Assyrian is treating them. And lift up his staff against you. Now notice this phrase, in the manner of Egypt. So God refers them back to how Egypt treated them. And he said, the, the Assyrian's going to do in the, in the same manner. Now, what, it, what, what happened in, in, in Egypt with Pharaoh? How did he treat them? Oppression, slavery. So he, God is, in this passage, he's trying to put into our minds at this point, the understanding of what the enemy's trying to do and his oppression. And the Assyrian just doing that kind of, he's treating you, beating you with the rod, just like they were in Egypt. Verse 25, for yet of for yet of uh, yes, for yet a very little while, and the indignation will cease, as as will my anger in their destruction. Okay? Now verse 26 is the one I want to get to. And the Lord of hosts. Who's that? Well, the Lord. This isn't talking about the Assyrian and the Egyptian anymore, is it? The Lord of hosts will stir up a scourge. For him. For who? Yeah. Does God say he's going to begin to raise something up? A back, a response back to that enemy. Yeah. That oppression that he's trying to bring. He, and, and, and a scourge. Now, let's see what he tells us about the scourge. He'll stir up a scourge for him, like the slaughter of Midian at the rock of Oreb. Now, for those of you who don't know, that is a reference to Gideon. When Gideon overcame the Midianites in judgment, he slaughtered their, their leaders at the rock of Oreb. How did, how did Gideon do that? I'll give you the reference in a moment, but the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Now notice this. We'll score up a stage like the slaughter of Midian in the rock of Arab, as his rod was on the sea. Which sea? Yeah, you, you, see, you see, God's using examples here. As his rod, whose rod? Moses' rod was on the sea, the Red Sea. What happened at the Red Sea? Was there any manifestation of power? <laughs> Is a manifestation of the miraculous. And he's talking here as that power manifested in, in, in one of the biggest miracles in the Bible, the splitting of the Red Sea. You know, he could have picked some small miracle. Oh, that was just a one-off that'll never happen again. Well, how come he refers to you in the same way? I raised up. What 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 caused that power? What caused that that power that ocean to split, that Red Sea to split. That was a manifestation of the power of God. As his rod was on the sea, so he will lift it up in the manner of Egypt. 
Now, remember, he's saying the Assyrian is oppressing, oppressing, oppressing like the Egyptians did. He said God's response will be like I responded to the Egyptians when they oppressed you. What was that? He raised up Moses and brought that scourge on Egypt and the spirit of the Lord upon him. Mighty demonstration of power. This is quite a powerful prophecy here. God's talking about how he's going to respond to this Assyrian who is oppressing the people of God. Does that sound good? Does God just want his people suffering under oppression like that? Or was he, does he raise up a response? He does. Verse 27. Now, that was, did we read up to verse 26 or verse 26? Yeah. So he, he tells you responses like he compares it to the splitting of the Red Sea. That's a pretty powerful. He said, God is going to raise this up. Amen. But it's all in context of what? The way the Assyrian is oppressing them. I want you to notice this because it's coming back. Peter talked about Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to. Sorry, no, that was Luke 4. Spirit of the Lord is upon me, but he talked about the oppression. He talked about how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth and connected to the breaking of oppression. Is there any connection between the anointing, the Spirit of the Lord, and the breaking of oppression in order to so-so save people? the oppression and the oppressor. Has God ever stopped wanting to do this for his people? No. No, he'll still do it today. Now, with all that foundation, 24, 25, 26, 27, I wonder what verse 27 talks about. It shall come to pass in that day. Which day? The day that he raises up a scourge like he did with the Red Sea break the oppression of the Assyrian. That his burden, whose burden? The Assyrian's burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke, that yoke is oppression, from your neck and the yoke, the oppression, what's going to happen to it? By what? which is the Spirit of the Lord upon. What does is, what is the Spirit of the Lord upon do? What's He there for? What does He come upon your life to do? To flow through you, to start bringing freedom from oppression in people's lives. Oppression can be different things. It can be physical. Mental habits, all kinds of things. But the environment of the anointing is supposed to be an environment where people are being set free from. Not just for 101 other things. We, we, we're in, you know, we've enjoyed it for a lot of other things, but this is primary scripture. Primary purpose of scripture. So this is something we should expect to happen around the environment of the anointing. Well, someone says, that's not, we don't see that very much. Yes, let's go higher. Let's. If this isn't flowing through our lives, what do you do? We, like we talked about in the previous session, we start to get hungry. We start to cry out and begin to say, Father God, this is what you said happens because of the Spirit of the Lord on us. This is what we should be beginning to, to expect through our lives. 
It's come up to the place where we can be that kind of vessel where the Spirit of the Lord can flow through like this. Yeah. I can take a quick side journey. Lord, I talked about the glory of the Lord falling in, in, in the previous, in my first session. I wasn't going to take the side journey, but, but I think it, it, it's good. Just a quick side journey and we'll come back to this, yeah? I think. There is a price to pay to walk in the glory like this. This is why many people are not flowing. Lord, pour out your glory. We think God's just going to pour out his glory. We've got to become hungry for this and be willing to pay the price to walk in it. Right. Now, people say, oh, yeah, but salvation is free. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about walking in the, the flow of the anointing. Yeah. You've got your salvation. That was free. Yeah. <laughs> when Elijah, Elisha, sorry, said to Elijah, I want a double portion of your anointing. Yeah. What, did, what, did, what did Elijah say to Elisha? <laughs> he says, you've asked for. Now, is it difficult for God to do? No, because nothing's difficult for God to do. Who, who was it difficult for? Elijah, who has been walking in this, knows what it, what cost, what it cost him to walk in the anointing. He says, you want a double portion of this, buddy boy? <laughs> you, you have no idea what you've asked for. This is going to be hard on you. Not hard on God. It's easy for God to do. God can give double, triple, quadruple. God can give a billion, billionth portion. Not difficult. Nothing's too hard for him. Yeah? But for Elisha to walk in that, there was a price to pay on him. This is why many people never walk in this. This, this has got to go beyond just theoretical truth in books. This has got to become vessels that become hungry. I want to, I, I want to do what's necessary to have the spirit of the Lord flow through my life. What do you think enabled Peter to get to the stage where he walked down the street and people were healed in a shadow? That wasn't just God deciding, oh, I'm just going to do that through Peter. You go and read Peter's epistles and you find the revelation of holiness this man had. And being a vessel, you begin to realize he paid a price. He learned how to walk in that place where the Spirit of the Lord could flow through him like this. And, but this goes back to what I said in one of the earlier sessions. We've been walking on a lower level. The carnal realm has kept us trapped to where these things are not flowing through us like they should. But if we want, we want to become hungry, we want, we want to say, Lord... Enough is an I don't want just theory. I want it is time for us to actually be the vessels that 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 the, that the spirit of the Lord does. People are getting set free, not just talk. <laughs> but it means we got to come up to a higher level and now walk with God and walk in a higher place. Amen. That was just a bedside extra, but it's good. You got to ask yourself: am, am, is, am I willing to pay the price? If it's going to be hard, Lord, am I willing to do it? You look. You look at the people God has used in history. Anyone? We love pointing at the Wigglesworths and the John G. Lakes and the Catherine Cullmans. Oh Lord, I want that to happen through me. Do you have the walk with God they had? <laughs> do you fellowship as close with God? Have you paid the price like they paid? Didn't just wake up that one morning and have that happen in their life. 
Amen. This is why there's a lot, there's a lot of Christians these days say, Oh, yes, Lord, we want the glory. Pour out your glory. Let's have the glory, Lord. Pay a price. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we, you know, my favorite TV show's on today. I, 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 you know, I've been to church twice already this week. Can't go a third time. That's too many times. <laughs> but Lord, pour out the glory. We want the glory, Lord. <laughs> the glory is exciting. The price is not. <laughs> Amen. You see what I'm saying? We, we, we go, it, 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 people want the, the Spirit of the Lord poured out in revival. Are we willing to do what's necessary? Amen. Anyway, I, I, I do want to. I do want to keep to, to finish this truth that I'm getting to. So, so what was it that bro- that broke that, that? That what was it that broke the yoke? That's that scour- when he says, "I'll raise up a scourge like I did with it, with, it, with, it, with it, that I did with the Red Sea." That's that's the manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord, the anointing. And what did it do? Destroyed. Yo. Let me just read these to you quickly. Just, just to open your eyes. You get the recording, listen to it online, or just make note of the scriptures or something anyway. The recordings are going online, and they'll be available free if anyone wants to re-listen anyway. Judges chapter 3. Just write the reference. Judges chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Talks about a man called Othniel. One of the judges. What, what, what did Othniel do? Uh, well, verse 9. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer. What was Othniel? He was a deliverer. What does a deliverer do? <laughs> a deliverer delivers. Yes. It's not, it's not that complicated, but for some reason we don't see it. If he's a deliverer, then he's delivering. Someone from well, you know, I'm not talking about Amazon deliveries, by the way. <laughs> talking about delivering from what? What? What's he delivering them from? Deliverance. It will here they, they they've been under the oppression of an enemy. So God raised up a deliverer. Verse ten, the spirit of the Lord came upon. Notice the word upon. Upon him. And what happened? And he judged Israel. He went out to war and the Lord delivered, I can't pronounce the guy's name, king of Mesopotamia. Was there deliverance that happened? Or put it this way, was there freedom from... Did did the nation get set free? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Gideon, we mentioned him already. Well, you could read Judges 6, Judges 8, talks about Gideon. Um... Judges, uh, well, actually, they, the, the verses are a few verses apart, but I'll read them. Judges chapter 6, verse 14 says, Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save. There's the word. Although it's the Hebrew, it's the Old Testament, but still interesting is the word save. Save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. What does it mean to save Israel from the hand of the Midianites? There was another way, another way of saying deliver them from oppression. So Gideon was raised up by God to break the yoke of oppression. How did he do it? Verse 34. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Did he do that in his own strength? No, there was an anointing upon him to do it. Jephthah. 
Judges 11. Are you, you seeing the picture build here? What repetitious factor do we keep seeing? Can it breaking the yoke of oppression, setting people free? This is what we should be expecting. This is what we should be aiming for. This is what we should be expecting more of to happen. Judges 11, verse 29. Jephthah, another one of the judges. Verse 29, then the Spirit of the Lord, what, what, the Spirit of the Lord, is what we're talking about, came upon Jephthah. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah. That's verse 29. Verse 30, and Jephthah made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed do what? Deliver the people of God into your hands. So why is God raising him up? As a deliverer. How, what's he equipped with? The Spirit of the Lord's come upon his life. Verse 32. So Jephthah advanced toward the people of Ammon to fight against them, and the Lord delivered them into his hands. Is there any connection between verse 33, where they get delivered, and verse 29, where the Spirit of the Lord came upon him? Only five verses apart or less. I could go on. I could read you Samson. You see the same. You see the same phrases. Could you? Could you read you other people? Even King Saul, who eventually messed up. Here's an interesting one. I'll read this one to you. One Samuel chapter nine, verse sixteen. This is what the Lord told Samuel to say to Saul. Not passing one message. Okay. Anyway. Okay. This is, what, this is what the Lord told Samuel to tell Saul. Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. That's Saul. This is when he was about to be made king. Yeah? And you shall anoint him. What's the anointing? Now, yes, it meant with oil, but that was symbolic of? Holy Spirit. You shall anoint him. Now, listen very carefully to the next few words. Commander of my people Israel. That, now that is a reason word. In other words, this is the reason you're anointing him, commander. You shall anoint, you shall anoint him, command over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistine. What was the purpose? Save from a, and break oppression. What should you watch? What, what I could go on, but I'm not going. What should what should be happening in an environment where the spirit of the Lord is present and is manifesting, and the spirit of God is moving? And what should we be expecting? What what should we put our expectation on and begin to say, Lord, this is the standard we're aiming for. This is what should be happening: the breaking of oppression, the breaking of yokes in people's hearts, in their bodies, in their minds, in their emotions, in their habits. People being set free in that kind of environment where the Spirit of the Lord is manifesting. And someone says, yes, 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 you know, I'm, I'm going to pray that my pastor gets that. No, 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 I'm not talking about my pastor, I'm talking about you. This is what today's all about. It's not just about the Spirit of the Lord is upon the, the man at the front or the woman at the front. The Spirit, in Acts chapter 2, I will pour out my Spirit on now tell me God's not a God who wants to set people free. 
these liars who tell us, no, 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 no. He, 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 he gave us the image. Jesus is the image. You know that. He's the image of the Father. He gave us the image, which is an image of freedom and healing. But, but now he's going opposite to the village, the village, the image, and now he wants everybody sick. He shows us throughout his word the purpose of the anointing is to set people free. And then he says, set people free from an enemy. And then he goes from anointing one or two people every few hundred years to anointing the whole lot of us. Does that leave you the impression of a God who wants people set free? Most certainly does. Why do you think he equipped so many of us with that anointing? <coughs> Amen. Freedom in all areas. In all areas. And we, we as the body of Christ need to be rising to this level and striving for this. You're not going to do it in your own strength, but it's time. it is time for us to begin to walk in that anointing and to rise to the level and begin to expect and believe that the Spirit of God manifests through each of our lives more and more. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, bless you, everybody. Thank you. This, this has been a wonderful start to these, and it's really wonderful to see people. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk, um, um, hopefully send out more plans, more details soon. That's the plan anyway, but we'll talk about it. But, um, but we'd love to see you again and, um, and invite people along. Amen. Uh, if anyone does want, I have put a couple of leaflets at the back there with, with information. If anyone wants the, um, the newsletter, because then we can let you know. I'm not someone who, who just emails you 101 things every three weeks and constant requests for offerings of 101. The primary purpose of the newsletter is just to keep people informed meetings in your area. So we know, uh, you know, because someone signs up down in, in Kent, you know, there's no point in me informing them about the meeting happening up in Blackpool or something, you know. <laughs> so I try to, try to keep people informed in their regions. But bless you. Bless God. Let's close in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for the word that's been taught. Father God, I thank you that your word has gone forth. And Lord, I pray that, that this will raise up and increase the level of our expectation, Father God. We begin to begin to expect to walk more in that anointing and the spirit of the Lord upon us and, 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 and walk in this, Father God, so that the body of Christ begins to be a place where people are set free and the oaks of bondage are broken and lives are changed. And we thank you, Father, for that. But Lord God, we recognize that there's a price. We recognize that this is something we've got to walk in and we've got to make a decision and we've got to choose to rise to the level where we, where we can have the Spirit of the Lord flow through our lives. And we do want that, Father God. We're hungry for that. And Lord God, we just give you all the glory and all of the honor. And we thank you, Lord, that as we do rise to the level, that you will manifest and you will, you will move and you will show yourself strong through each one of us. Not just through one or two, but through multitudes, multitudes, multitudes flowing and walking in the anointing. Hallelujah. And we give you all of the glory and all of the for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll uh, let you know some more dates sometime soon. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.